0: Brit, Brad and Brit the perfect combination of brawn and wit, politics, sports and trending shit. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. All right, it is our first Brad and Brit cast for for this week. We're glad you're with us here. We're live in the 1:35 uh, 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 Eastern hour as we talk about all this stuff at the beginning of the week was we, we can go. We go anywhere you want. I mean, we can you know we can start local and stay local, Britt. If you'd like. Forget it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the the uh the 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 local NFL team fired fired their coach um, on Monday morning. Mr. Rule will no longer rule, and uh the season is over. All right, so there's always next year. <laughs> this must have been what it was like to be a Chicago Cubs fan for about oh 110 years
1: right? I would That's I would insane. think I uh, the the famously mercurial David Tepper who is the richest owner in the National Football League finally decided to pull the trigger on a guy who should have been fired long ago according to the fan base right no no one in the fan base is going wait 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 this is a little too soon no nobody's saying that at all I don't I don't think there's wow. a single Carolina Panther fan that would say that. <laughs> Well,
0: that, 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 that's, that's not even the issue anymore now. It's, you know, what the hell happens? And I know you're, you're just obsessed with the past, Britt. You want to replay yesterday's problems. I'm about solutions. I'm about the future. And it sucks. They're, they're done. They're out. Is uh, he the worst coach in
1: the history of the franchise? That is such an impossible. <laughs> I mean, That's an impossible question. I think obviously the best coach would be Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera would be the best coach ever. And then I think Fox is second because he took him to a Super Bowl as well. Everybody else is up for debate. Like George Seifert would be in there. Some of the other, some of the other coaches that they've had. This guy feels like probably the worst one they've had.
0: Yeah. You know, as you sit back, Without getting into the the dirtiest of the details, you just start to wonder, wait a minute, how are so many of these other teams, other owners, what do they know? What is that secret sauce? And nobody is quite sure what it is, but it usually um, becomes evident with long-term success. But even, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who would have been an example of that up until you know, the four weeks ago when the season started, you say they Correct. always are in there. They uh, they stink this year. They just stink. It they just do. happens. And so, you know why
1: that is? It's because the Pittsburgh Steelers decided to change the name of their stadium from Heinz Field to whatever it is, Acrecher, or whatever it is now. There you That's go. That's a curse. That, That's it, why that, – that is exactly right well and and again that is exactly right it's hard to feel sorry for this guy he gets a massive payout and his punishment is going to be he's probably going to get hired by either nebraska or florida state or arizona state he's going to make like eight million dollars minimum next year so it's it's okay it's all right he's got a cushy landing right so uh,
0: uh, we don't have a look at his contract but You know, it was like seven years for 60 some million dollars. They fired him in his third year. So they owe him around uh, 40, 40 million. And of course, clearly, you need the uh, Republicans to win the midterm so that uh, his tax rates don't go up uh, (laughs) over the next few years. It's very, very important for Joe Biden only wants he only wants to raise taxes on the up. And and David Rule, poor guy. We don't want him to go from thirty-seven to thirty-nine percent on the, you know, the, the last dollars that he made. That would be terrible. That would be and tragic, the,
1: wouldn't and it? And again, for for David Tepper, the, the you know the owner of the Panthers, forty million bucks is the change cup in his uh, his yeah. Maybach, right? He's oh, he's got yeah. that anywhere. Yeah. Not a problem. So <laughs> the a, the tragedy hey, is the tragedy is lessened a little bit here, really.
0: Yeah. No, there's there's no tragedy involved. It's uh, it's just the way the. The game works. Now, did you did you catch the big debate Friday night in North Carolina between uh mm. Ted Who Am I Bud and Sherry Wake Me Up Beasley? Did you catch that debate?
1: I did not catch it live. I was out driving and it was not on any radio thing or anything you could listen to over the air or anything. Uh and I, I did I did catch it, of course, later, uh on demand, whatever. And uh, I I heard my two friends bitching, moaning, complaining, bitching uh, about the entire thing as they were uh, watching it in real time. Yeah. But if,
0: if the goal very often is do no harm, uh, I don't think Sherry Beasley did any real harm to herself. I mean, she really is the definition of I'm not a politician. Most of them say that. And then, when they run for office, they become these crazed whack jobs. Uh-huh. And she just isn't that person. And um, there's, there's no way to know. It, this is a very tight race. You don't know who's going to break at the end here. And we've talked ad nauseum about, Ted, keep your head below ground. Don't say a word. Nobody knows who the fuck you are anyway, but they'll just vote for you because you're Republican in this state. And that's what we do. We haven't sent a, a Democrat to a, you know, a federal office in a, in a long, I think since John Edwards was the last Democratic senator, right? That was well, it. K. Hagan it was, after that. Oh, Kay Hagan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's been a while. <laughs> um, but if they can't beat him over the head, in being an election denier, if they can't beat him over the head sufficiently for being a hundred percent anti-abortion all the time under any circumstance, then you know he might sneak through. Uh, if they can, and uh, they can fend off the uh, the attack ads that are that are going in in her direction, also. Um, you know, Sherry Beasley will win. I mean, this is just—it's—it's just a—a it's, it's just a kind of a, a Senate race. I can't—I guess because the personalities of these two people are just neither of them are up to it in terms of modern politics. Mm-hmm. And, and at one level, that's actually a good thing, but at another level, that's not how you win. I mean, you gotta—you gotta be in there. You—you you know, the, the nicest guy in the room. The quietest person in the room seldom wins in politics. But, again, to, for instance, Sherry Beasley's credit, she isn't doing what that dumbass out in Arizona, Katie Hobbs, is doing. She's the uh, Democratic nominee. I think she's the attorney general right now, or least, and, and, and she's running for governor as the Democrat. And she's running against this whack nut job, Carrie Lake. Yeah who is the Donald Trump endorsed 100% anti-abortion, complete whack job, dominates the news cycle because she says something stupid out there every day. They're supposed to have a debate on Wednesday. And Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, is saying, I'm not showing up because it's not worth my time to be on stage with someone who's so crazy and denies the results of the 2020 election. I will not Discuss that in public. Well, if she manages, if the Democrat in Arizona, Katie Hobbs, manages to win that race by not showing up at the one debate between the two of them, no matter how dreadful and disgusting Carrie Lake is, Carrie Lake, who has donated money to Barack Obama and was pro-choice for years, she was on TV as an anchor person. She was pro-choice, liberal, and then. When it was convenient, she switched teams. If the Democrat can't beat a phony Republican sucking up the Donald Trump right now, by the way, in a state that went for Joe Biden, say mm. what you want about Arizona. Mm. But in the end, they did vote for Joe Biden.
1: And that's in- the governor's race. I don't know if you mentioned that. That's the governor. I did
0: say it, but you weren't listening.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Because we Um, we went from talking about a Senate race in North Carolina to a governor's race in Arizona. That's what kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, which is what I said.
0: So um, (laughs) if 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 uh, uh, can you ever think of a situation where there was an empty chair at a debate where the empty chair won the election Uh subsequent? No, it doesn't work that you can't do that. Ouch. You have got to be in there and you've got to refute and you've got to, to fight back. Back, to, I, the, I uh, back believe- to the
1: back to the back to the Senate race in North Carolina, it feels a lot like, and I know that you studied this and are aware of it. Uh, during the early days of television, they had the least objectionable programming theory. People would basically watch whatever was on television that was least objectionable to them. That was how uh, television was programmed for a while. That's what this feels like. <laughs> they are trying to find the least objectionable person for you to vote for and try to fly under the radar as much. Um, and, and I, we, I think that was the real that was the real criticism of Sherry Beasley, of Judge Beasley on, on Friday night was there's all these opportunities because a lot of people don't know what Ted Budd is about, despite the fact that he has somewhat of a career in the United States Congress and something to run on. They don't know what this guy's about. And if you allow him to define himself, it's all over. She you you said it right, brother.
0: She had a great opportunity to define him or redefine him and refute his bullshit and uh, she did a little bit of that but not a lot and uh, I will say this the uh, moderator Tim Boyum of uh, Spectrum did a damn good job Uh, you know I was very impressed really really impressed he did a good job so I can't can't uh, say he took one side or the other he was right down the middle as he as he's supposed to be Um, and this is why this race is not getting the attention that Uh, other ones are getting, even though, again, we did the uh, calculations. We got out a big IBM Uniblab computer from 1968. It's as big as your house, and it says any one Senate seat is uh, equal to any other Senate seat. One in 100. They're all one in 100. This one gets uh, hardly any attention because neither of these candidates open their mouth. Neither one of these candidates make public gaffes. They just don't. So, you know, what does that leave? And, and I'm going to – I have this original idea. I know you've never heard of it before. I think this is going to depend on turnout, Britt.
1: You think it's coming it, down to uh, turnout? Let me ask you this. Uh, do you think, Sherry, Beas- Beasley's going to have to run up the score in the, the urban areas? Because in the – in, so. in the rural areas, it's going to be more in favor of Ted Budd? I
0: I, I believe – that's a good analysis, Britt. I don't think we could get that anywhere else. <laughs> no, nowhere else. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And I uh, think of the, 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 large, the large urban areas.
0: Wait, And, Britt, do you think that the uh, early voting will favor the Democrat? And then on Election Day, the Republican might close the gap, Ted Budd? Do you think that could happen? You yeah. And
1: happen? here's the thing that's going to happen on Election Day. And so, so those of you who are uh, prone to think that the election is being stolen, they don't actually count the votes. And the, the, the totals are going to narrow a lot on Election Day. And it'll seem like it's being stolen, but it's not really. It's not really. The
0: well, story. see, Brett, that's where you and I differ. I think the, the, the <laughs> vote counting should stop at midnight on election day. Uh, I think that's the only fair way to, to, uh, to oh God. In a, in we're, a lot oh, of states, we're just going to hear the same shit same over shit. and over and over. That's not, true. not one original thought, right? Uh,
1: yeah. I don't know. Again, I, it is going to be turnout and I don't know if people really, I don't know that they, they can define either candidate. I I think. You can project a lot of stuff onto Ted Budd if you're a Republican. He believes in the stuff I believe in. He believes in less government. He believes in lower taxes. He believes in the Second Amendment. He believes in Jesus. Okay, if I'm a Republican, I can pretty much project that on him. Therefore, I'm comfortable with him. I don't know. And I suppose as a Democrat, okay, Sherry Beasley, she's pro-choice. She believes that uh, there is systemic racism. She believes in uh, you know government programs that will help out poor people. I can project that on her. Outside of that, I don't know if you can really say – this person believes in what I believe in. Other outside of those things, per se, right? Let me let me throw
0: an uncharacteristic Brad and Britcast dose of optimism here. Okay, and let me uh, first temper it with, and uh, you certainly recall, you all recall, uh, what's happened, uh, particularly in the era of Trump. The famous people who lie to the people who take the polls. Uh, the uh, people who say nothing and then show up and vote Republican because it's not quote-unquote cool to admit that you're voting for Donald and all those kind of things. So the shy, hidden Republican vote. That's been the fear of Democrats all along going back through the you know, beginning of the Trump era. Uh, and, of course, in 2018, in those midterms, that didn't hold true at all. Right. There was Mm -hmm. a massive turnout by Democrats already fed up with uh, Donald Trump. And they uh, took both houses, the House and the Senate. And uh, and there you go. So Trump's final two years were, you know, well, they were still shitty the first two. But you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, But but here we go. We have the prediction on this. Upcoming election next month, month from now, from, of all people, you don't hear from him all that often, Michael Moore. And Michael Moore was the guy who predicted that Trump would beat Hillary Clinton, and people were pissed at it. They were furious. Um, back in July of 2016, think about that. All right, so that's what, uh, four months before the election, he wrote five reasons why Trump will be president, and he nailed it, all right? So what does Michael Moore say right now? He says, and this, of course, goes against what appears to be the new conventional wisdom, which went against the old conventional wisdom, which then went against the previous conventional wisdom. Now it's back to it looks like Republicans are definitely going to take the House. But uh, in the center, all right, Michael Moore this time around says, Democrats are going to do way, way better than people think. And here is his anecdotal example. You can take it and throw it in the trash and say, oh, this is just one example of it. I'm not talking about the Kansas abortion rights vote, you know, six, seven weeks ago. You ready? And remember how important these elections are around the country. The Board of Education races. And let's uh, head out to Idaho. Hello, Boise. In the Boise (laughs) Board of Education race, there was an incumbent. His name was Steve Schmidt, not related to that other one. This is a different guy. Uh, He was an incumbent. He was up for re-election. And Trump won Boise with 73% of the vote. All right, Boise is a Trump town. So it was safe to assume that Mr. Schmidt would win that board of election seat again, and he had all the right endorsements. If you're an asshole these days, he had something called the Idaho Liberty Dogs endorsing him. Um, and it was against LGBTQ rights. Uh, smut-filled pornography has to be taken out of our school. The whole he had the whole thing working for him, and. These are the guys that would show up at all the rallies with the AR-15. The whole th- th- This guy had it going on. So the local paper there, which is called the Idaho Statesman, you may have seen it in your perusing around the Internet, they chose not to endorse Mr. Schmidt, even though, of course, it's a very Republican paper because he refused to separate himself from
1: the Idaho Liberty Dogs. Liberty Dogs which are no doubt a, a white supremacist uh, situation. No qu- it's not even no, not even no. over a debate. Cuz so I- Idaho is a Idaho's a big uh, white supremacist capital, oh. I think most people know yeah. this.
0: Yeah. So the big paper in Boise they endorsed his opponent an 18-year-old high school senior and a progressive a guy with a name that is very difficult to pronounce. So I'll go very, very slowly here. Shiva uh, Handari. So it's probably a, a, an Indian person, uh-huh. Indian in uh, uh, nationality before Indian American. Also it's a, a yes. uh, right, exactly. The kid won.
1: <laughs> no, did he really? The kid. The kid won. The kid with like the unpronounceable name won. Yes. Jesus. Yes.
0: OK, so Michael Moore says that if these kinds of things can happen at all, there is a reason to believe that whatever we're thinking is going to be the uh, traditional sorting out here, even at the end. The right wing extremism as your partner when you run for office in this country just may not be as fabulous as Donald Trump thinks and it may I, not be as fabulous as Carrie Lake thinks or Blake masters or yeah. J D Vance or Ted Budd or any of the, the, that's it. And I know that's, that's, a, that's a cherry pick. That's yeah. an anecdotal example. It could be an outlier. And, we don't know, but it, I, yeah. I mean,
1: I have a dream. Even a black woman could be elected to the Senate from North Carolina. It could happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could happen. And, One more line out of Michael Moore, Republicans are going to lose because this time around they are running, as we know, the biggest batch of nutters nationwide in American electoral history, and then he lists his 10 biggest wackadoodles, and we know most of them. We don't have to go through the the list, but uh, Michael Moore, think what you want of him. (laughs) I think he's a pretty damn smart guy, and he's a great political analyst, and uh, we certainly hope that he is right. And we hope that he's, he's found something that is so outrageous that it just can't be passed off as, oh, oh, yeah, it happened there, but it can't happen here. I think what he's really talking about is the possibility that in different places, um, different constituencies can be kind of hidden from the pollsters. And the number of women who may come out Based on the abortion situation, it could be massive in a lot of places that we don't know about. I don't know what's being done on social media Uh in that area. I would hope there's a ton of it. I hope there's a ton of it where we are and around the country. And I think another good indicator, if you can call it that, for Democrats, is that the Republicans have truly, honestly, no question about it, gone back to their traditional playbook of race baiting and crime and, and immigration, because apparently talking about inflation, not that sexy, not that exciting. We know it. We're living with it. So they're going back to what I call the um, Southern strategy, 2022 version. Okay. Full, flat out, undeniable, Racism. And uh, again, uh, Saturday, Britt, I took the bullet, but I I pulled it right out very quickly. I could only take about 10 minutes of Trump in uh, Nevada on Saturday. (laughs) It was just it was just too dreadful. It was too repetitive. There was just just nothing there. But uh, what came out of that particular uh, uh, appearance or maybe it was the one on Sunday down in Arizona. I think it was one in Sierra. That That is the one where uh, we have someone who is vying to hold on to his position as the dumbest Republican senator, and uh, he would be supplanted. He would be replaced in that position probably if Herschel Walker were to win. It's fellow Southeastern Conference alumnus Tommy Tuberville, already a senator from neighboring Alabama, alabama who appeared at a trump rally and he just went whole hog with the racism we wanted, let's check it out here let's see what we've got for it
1: they want crime because they want to take over what you got they want to control what you have they want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that bullshit they are not owed that <laughs> So uh, we need to right. we need to we need to break that down. Um, <laughs> Democrats are allowing these crazy black people to shoplift, hit your wife upside the head, and take your stuff, because they Democrats want. can't get like reparations from Congress, so they want the black folks to take white people's thing. That's – and that's not even – I'm not really ex, uh, going but, hyperbolic. That's kind of A to A what Tommy Tuberville was saying.
0: Well, Britt, I, I think you're only describing one take on it. There's about seven different takes that are equally disgusting, okay? But I think Yours, that,
1: that, that's the real the thing. That's the real thing. I'm just saying <laughs> – <laughs> These 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 crazy Negroes are allowed to run wild by these liberals because the liberals love it and they think that uh, the liberal guilt means that black folks get to steal your stuff and then everything will be okay for uh, decades, centuries of uh, racism and slavery. That, that's that's what see, Senator Dumbill is saying.
0: No, you're you're being too analytical here. I'm going to break it down into uh, just just five words:
1: Black people are all criminals. <laughs> And we either allow them, and this goes back to your mommy-daddy analogy that you've made many times over the years. Mommy, the liberals, allow them to run wild because it's okay and they deserve these reparations. But daddy, the Republicans, he ain't going to put up with that shit. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm going to,
0: and this is unfair to to make you choose, and, and you can waffle if you want. So who was the bigger racist piece of shit, this weekend was it tommy tuberville of alabama or was it
1: kanye west well let's go through it let's go through our our friend kanye because it was a very interesting week last week on fox news kanye was the hero because he debuted a shirt that said white lives matter i think this was at some sort of Mm. massive fashion show this got him the, they, they call it at at ESPN the car wash. When you go on every right. show and you get to promote whatever you got, he got. Brit, Brit, if if he would have stopped there,
0: yeah, we wouldn't be talking about it today.
1: No, right? no, no, no. I mean, there's there's more to it, but we have to do the setup because we didn't really talk about this. He uh, T- Tucker Carlson blew him. Everybody who ever was—they—they they loved Kanye West. He was the greatest fucking thing in the history of the world. And finally, somebody who—who who really will tell it like it is—and the liberals hate that. They can't stand. And why shouldn't white lives matter, Brad? What's wrong with Kanye having a shirt that say, "Do white lives not matter, Brad?" White lives should matter, and it should matter in equal measure to black lives. And then Kanye West, who is a uh, there's a history of mental illness, I think it's fair to point that out, decided he was going to go on a rant and start hating on the Jews over the weekend, which landed him in hot water on a couple of social media platforms. Uh, the immediate reaction on Fox and Friends on the weekend was, how dare these liberals try to cancel Kanye West until he actually read the tweets? And then they went, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. That, that sounds anti-Semitic even to us. Kanye on, West went from being the hero and probably having a new show on Fox Nation to, I, I don't know who that is. Who was he again on Fox News?
0: Uh, on Twitter yesterday, which is Sunday as we speak, today's Monday, he wrote, he's going deaf, death, D E A T H con three on capital words, Jewish people. <laughs> okay. What? Well, let's not nitpick the fact that it's not DEF con, no, no, right? No. Or is that a brilliant, uh, rap play on the word def Com? Am I, I guess I was not getting the brilliance, right?
1: Oh yeah. The brilliance is, it escapes you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. And, and here's, here's the thing all weekend long, the, uh, Republican, uh, uh, Twitter feed had up there, Uh, a little bit of a uh, salute, okay? And let's see, what did it say? It said, um, it said Trump. Yeah, it said Kanye, Elon, Trump. They left it up all weekend. That's all it said, okay? Nobody took it down, okay? (laughs) So I guess it was was a good thing. And uh, all weekend long, not one Republican, had anything to say about uh, Tuberville? Um, they're in on it all the way. They're in on it all the way. Silence is complicity. The inability or unwillingness to condemn in these situations is unequivocal. And now you think, okay, that's just too. There could well. There's more. Uh, your favorite congresswoman from the uh, Deliverance. Uh, section of georgia that'd be the northwest part of georgia uh this is at another trump rally marjorie taylor green went back to uh now it's a recurrent that means it's a song that was a uh, popular within the last year that we're still putting on the playlist and bringing back because you just you just uh, uh, uh barely got done listening to it as a, as a new song she went back to the great replacement theory And uh, her line on that was illegal aliens are on the verge of replacing you, replacing your jobs, replacing your kids in school and coming from all over the world. They're also replacing your culture. Now, let's. Without giving her any oxygen, which we are, (laughs) um, let's think about the fact that it is Republican governors in Texas and in Florida in particular who are sending illegal aliens throughout the country uh, ostensibly to punish the Democratic Party. But the uh, the evidence and the research is already being done that already shows that by doing that it is making coming to the border and trying to cross more attractive. More attractive that if you just get across, you might end up in New York or Massachusetts or Illinois or or somewhere like that. So these Republican governors not only this is what they're doing idiotic, immoral, wrong, probably illegal for which they won't pay any kind of legal price, mm-hmm. but it's making the problem worse. But let's talk about them replacing your culture. What is your culture, Brit? Are you going to be forced to eat tacos twice a week? What what is going on here? When When people come from another country, they, I guess we're past even saying that, you know, if you look at the uh, calendar, 365 days a year, one of the strengths of America is that almost every day, uh, some group, some ethnicity, somebody has something in this country. I always thought that kind of cool, right? Um, What's the greatest uh, episode in the history of Seinfeld? It's Puerto Rico. OK, no, uh, no that was the worst. That's, that's the episode. worst. Yeah. Not okay, a good example. Sorry. But not a... Puerto Rican. Uh, national... bad, no, bad. bad, bad example. Bad example. OK, but you, you get the point.
1: Yes. The, um, so if I go out and I eat a taco, then I'm I'm I'm, betray- I'm betraying my culture. Well, it's no, it's not that it's you're going to be forced see? Forced to eat tacos.
0: R- remember, <laughs> remember, they're, they're they're going to to uh, destroy your culture. They're going to replace your culture what if i go out um, and eat like
1: a? what if i have a, a greek euro is that is that just am I, is are they going to do that too and i'm not going to be able to choose
0: do to do it if you as a free person if you choose to do it that's mm. different but if you yeah. feel coerced <laughs> if you feel forced <laughs> that's a that's a little bit different okay brit if i if you go buy a bagel um yeah. voluntarily that's fine if i make you buy a bagel then that's jewish oppression and uh, you need to you need to be uh, very very careful about it. I so, think who even, do you I think's think- worse? You th- forget her. She, who do you think's worse? Is it Kanye or or, or Tuberville?
1: Who do you think? I think tu- Tuberville's to me feels worse. Um, yeah. but it's also because anti semitism doesn't get called out. I think in the way that it should. In a lot of ways, because it's very easy for me to sit here and just laugh and go, Jesus, that's really, it's ugly. It's also stupid. But there's been obviously a lot of violence toward Jewish folks over. It's been on the rise over the past. Oh, I don't know. Let me go back to 2015 or 2016. What changed in America then? I'm trying to figure it out. I can't.
0: So, With people on both sides, <laughs>
1: right? Exactly. I see fault on both sides. Uh, so probably Tupperville still laps Kanye, but Kanye's is pretty ugly, pretty awful. And I, I just love the fact that they embraced him and he was Fox News's favorite darling. And now, eh, we're not so we I don't know yeah. who that is. I don't, I'm not sure who Kanye West is. I've never heard of him, I can't hear the call. Really? It usually doesn't happen that fast. Yes. I mean, they tend
0: to stick with shit a long time they very do. often before something happens. I mean, we're talking about a 24-hour turnaround um, from, you know, to the top of the heap to the, to the bottom of the, the garbage can frame. we got a couple things here I want to, to get to real fast, um, including Donald Trump admits it all. Donald Trump admits it all. At a rally. You ready? Here yeah. you go. This is the same rally that Tuberville was at. And uh, this is Trump admitting that he's guilty. Here's the quote. I had a small number of boxes in storage. There is no crime. They should give me immediately back everything they have taken from me because it's mine. All right. Let's uh, analyze the words in storage. Okay. No. You took them from the White House, okay? Uh, Even if you uh, put them in an official uh, storage locker that you have to pay for, drive in and put a lot, it's still illegal. It's illegal. And that's why you've got uh, federal judges, you've got the 11th Circuit, you've got the FBI and the Justice Department saying, no, the shit's not yours. So let's go to Andrew Weissman who was uh, Robert Mueller's uh, number one uh, attack dog, Pitbull, and now an NBC analyst and a professor, I believe, at NYU Law School. He says, this is what we call, and Britt, the great thing about all this is we learn new legal terms that we've never heard before. I know you've never heard it. I've never heard it before. It's called a summation exhibit. Huh. That's what it's called when you get proof from the defendant's own mouth especially on video, that he is admitting that he took this stuff. He's saying, again, this is nothing new, but this would just add to the, there's plenty of evidence to already indict Donald Trump. What are you waiting for? Um, And he's been saying this over and over again, but, but there you go. He said it again. And uh, you know how this worked. It went from, what, um, I didn't take anything. I didn't have anything. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I do have something. Oh, I might give you something. All right, I'll give you something. Uh, But what I'm giving you wasn't illegal. And, oh, wait a minute. Why are you coming to my house to uh, come get stuff? I already gave you everything. Oh, wait, you found 15 more boxes? I didn't even know it was there. I didn't put it there. But whatever you did take, most of it's mine fuck off i mean i believe that's
1: that was the uh it it was a poor poor
0: man's description of of the evolution of this but guess what none of it is a defense none it's like
1: the uh i mean it was always the pete rose stair step thing pete i never bet on sports shut up okay i bet on sports but i never bet on baseball okay i bet on baseball but i never bet against my you just went on and on and on right it was always some sort of admission as time would go on that you did exactly what they they said you were doing
0: I always thought when he trotted out the, I never bet against my own team, that from a public relations standpoint, that was a good one. I mean, it didn't get him out of the problem that you're not supposed to bet on baseball. Right. But uh, there would have been a difference between him uh, betting that his team was going to lose. So, therefore, as manager, you'd say, well, he was doing everything he could to to, uh, subtly make sure that the team lost versus I was honestly trying to win – the bets that i was making on my team but again that's about as valid and legitimate a defense in the end as what trump is saying so it's a it's a perfect um analogy isn't pete rose maybe about the same age as trump he must be in his late 70s i think they're very close i think
1: they're very close yeah. as as yeah. they go, i think they're pretty yeah. close as well
0: they got up there yeah yeah um I don't know. I remember when Pete Rose said, you know, I could slide home and kill three catchers and I'd still have a lot of fan support. Remember when he said that?
1: <laughs> I, do, I do remember yeah. that. It says here that Pete was, Rose was born in
0: 1941.
1: Mm. So Donald uh, Trump so was he's, born uh, five years older, actually, five years older than Donald John Trump.
0: Yeah, so, so Pete Rose is 81, um, but uh, still probably in much better shape. I would say so. Here.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's right, even. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he has the diet that Donald Trump does.
0: All right, uh, last one. Let's let's do a, a an annoying list. We haven't done a an annoying list for a while. Safest sure. cities, oh. safest cities in America. Uh, I to only home. because uh, a city very close to us is in the top ten safest cities. You might be surprised. Maybe you won't. You know about this stuff. Raleigh is in the top ten safest cities how did they do it this is the uh, wallet hub folks they did it uh, based on violent crime covid vaccination rates traffic fatalities law enforcement workers per capita national disaster risk and uh, financial safety uh, unemployment poverty so they're, they're called the uh, raleigh makes it to in the top 10 safest city columbia maryland nashville new hampshire laredo texas in the uh, third position Surprise there. Um, the least safe cities, starting at the very, very bottom, St. Louis, Fort Lauderdale, San Bernardino, Detroit, Jesus. Baton Rouge, Memphis. Oh, I think that Johnny Cash went to all these places. Don't he you did.
1: Think? Been, he's been everywhere.
0: Um, right. Oklahoma City, Oakland, California. That's why the Raiders had to leave. Jackson, Mississippi. Ain't got no water. Who wants to be there? And Chattanooga, Tennessee, didn't think that uh, they'd be in there. So where's Chicago? Else is-
1: Where, where's Chicago? Chicago is supposed oh, to be on
0: that list. Well, but you have to do it per capita. Remember I the understand. crime. I get it. The crime in Chicago is not wholly, but largely concentrated in one part of the city, and um, people who don't live on that side of the city uh, are not. Subject to the kind of crime that you you hear about, I certainly hope that's true, since I have a daughter who lives not on the side of Chicago where the crime occurs, but in a different part of the city.
1: Do you um do but, you partake of local news? Do you watch a fair amount of local news? I know you still get the you still get the local paper,
0: TV local news. Yeah, not 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 much. Sometimes I, I watch it just for, uh, you know, just for just for grins it's so it's it's usually just the crime blotter for for the first four or five minutes and uh here's the weather and uh we'll be back
1: (laughs) ever ever since i've been involved if uh, i ever get there i check out after that yeah ever since i've been involved at least adjacently to public safety uh it seems like the past year year and a half we've seen like the the coverage seems like winston-salem gets a lot more coverage i don't know if it's true or not or if it's just, war. it seems like violent crime in Winston Salem is, if you just watched local television news, is much greater than it is in Greensboro. I know, but see, I think
0: to to use that, and and it's interesting because all that matters is your impression. If that's, that's right. your impression, well, um, I
1: that, think I watch. It, I think I
0: may, but it, it may not be statistically true at all because. Oh no.
1: Yeah, it, it may not be. But, I, I mean, I get I get a pretty good sample. And as a guy who was involved in the media, I kind of noticed these things. It does seem like, I don't know if it's covered more, but it w- if you just watched it, you would think winston salems a much scarier town in the past year, year and a half than Greensboro in terms of violent crime.
0: It also could be, this is the news philosophy, the ownership of that TV station, which probably owns 100 other ones, this uh-huh. is what they're doing. They're doing – if it bleeds, it leads kind of news and sure this seems to to get better ratings so uh we're not gonna do we're not gonna do uh the story of some girl raising raising money for uh you know for poor kids on the other side of the world at a at a lemonade stand is our top story. nobody gives a shit that's not gonna keep them keep them tuned in so you you just don't know uh speaking of that the guy who invented the guy who invented. The concept of what we know all around the country as eyewitness news on—I'm shitless news. Yes, he died uh, in the last week. He was 87 years old. His name was uh, Al Primo, and Al P R I M O. Al Primo first came up with the idea to do this and put it where first in the big time at WABC TV in New York, 1968. They were the first ones. And they went with it, and uh, that spawned Geraldo Rivera and other great things. But but th- that was the idea to have the the uh, anchors a little bit more friendly, a little bit more accessible, um, and going hard with 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 crime stories and things of that sort, eyewitness news, and putting reporters out into the streets, and then bringing them back into the studio for that that. That uh, one-on-one with the anchor, happy talk, happy talk. So that guy, so so his imprint, that guy's imprint, is exactly what you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Right did now, he ever, right did now. he ever
1: apologize or come to realize what he had done was awful?
0: Um, no, of course not.
1: Of course not. Because <laughs> we're successful. Coming, <laughs> coming su- up, in, success. coming up in November, I'm launching for sweeps a brand new concept. It's called White Lives Matter Television. I hope you'll join me. It's going to be fantastic.
0: Uh it's a, it's already it's a, it's 40 on your uh case oh. called Fox News Brit. So oh, positions worked? already been taken. Wake up. Wake the fuck <laughs> up.